1: Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.
2: Welcome, welcome everyone. What's good? What's poppin'? It's your girl Amara La Negra. You already know this is exactly Amara. You guys hear us every Thursday here on iHeart. I am so excited as usual to bring you a new episode, new content. You know, some episodes is a little bit more fun than others, and others are more educational than others, and others are more motivational and empowering than others. But with that being said, I want to thank you guys and invite you to continue to download and subscribe, Um, and obviously give us those five stars, gang gang. Give us those five stars because you already know that this show keeps getting better. I always go and review the comments, so if you have anything to say, whether it's good or bad, I'm always there to check it out, so make sure to leave your review because I'll be checking them. With that being said, let's get right to it, porque no quiero perder tiempo, mi amor, today, we're celebrating women, it's Women's History Month and we're celebrating Latinas who helped pave the, the road for all of us, for women like myself. Um, and then not just for myself, but yo sé que hay tanta gente que se ha motivado, se ha inspirado de ver estas mujeres eh, echar hacia adelante, ser mujeres fuertes, ser mujeres orgullosas, ser mujeres que nos representa. It doesn't matter de qué país, it doesn't matter what country they're from. Just the fact that they're Latinas alone, just como que, I don't know me en when I see a strong, powerful woman that knows what she's talking about, and that's why today I am so excited to have my guest. She has her own comedy special on HBO Max called "Fighting Words." We've done so many events, podcasts, and things together. Gayle was like Mia at the end of the day: one, you have to come to my podcast, and two, I feel like we might as well continue to work together, continue to unite forces, to break more barriers, and 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 pave more paths for other people that you know are inspired by us, otras latinas, otras afro latinas. Bueno, with that being said, her name is. Aida Rodriguez, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today.
3: Thank you for having me, and congratulations on your blessing. Thank you, dog. Uh, <laughs> yeah, congratulations.
2: Gracias, mi reina, de verdad que sí. Mira, eh, before we really like get into all the questions of all the great things that you're doing, I really want to know... Do you know how much you really inspire and motivate uh, people around the world with, with, with your, your comedy, with the, what you represent, with your words? Do you really, have you processed how impactful you really are?
3: No, because I have imposter syndrome and I struggle with uh, self-esteem issues from a lot of stuff that I'm working through, I'm working on, I'm doing the work, right. as they say. But then I'll get an email, you know, or I'll get a DM, And someone saying, you know, you have no idea what you mean to me. And it really, uh, it just redirects my perspective because, you know, this business is filled with so much negativity and a lot of people, we tend to focus on it a lot and we overlook the positivity, you know, sometimes we let all that stuff get to us and we forget to celebrate our wins. Yeah. So I'm working on that. Thank you for asking me that cuz that that is something that I'm currently working on. Yes,
2: for sure. Like I, and and I can totally understand where you you know where you're coming from cuz it happens to me sometimes, but um it's funny cuz you know when people look up to me I'm like, oh my God, it's just me. Like, you know, I see me like regular me. What are you talking about? Okay, okay, great, whatever. But then I feel the same way when I look at you. So now I understand, you know, that feeling of like, coño, que orgullo um, verla ahí que nos está representando. Pero between one thing and the other, knowing that you're a strong, uh, you're a strong woman, you have, you're have, you very vocal, um, you're not afraid to, to say how you feel and what you feel and stand up for what you believe. How was it for you to get into comedy? Well, you got into comedy first. Um, were you always this outspoken? Um, You know, it was...
3: So I grew up in Miami, and I remember being in school and being very... Um, I was very active, and, and I was very vocal. I Actually, I brought Tipper Gore, like the first lady, to Miami to debate about uh, censorship, like music censorship. So I have been vocal, but I think that, um, you know, what happens is that the more you... The more confident you become, the more threatening you become to people who are insecure. And the more that uh, you, if you allow it to, you know, into your psyche, it can become an issue. And so I I remember that I've always been vocal, but now I feel more confident in that. Because now even when somebody questions it, I know that I'm coming from the gut. Right. And it, it's, it's hard to shake. So it's been an evolution. Platter.
2: No, okay, I feel you. Now tell us a little bit about your comedy special for those that ha- you know don't know too much.
3: <laughs> so, Fighting Words is a special that I got from HBO Max before the pandemic, and I started working on it. And then the pandemic hit, and we all got shut down. So I had to redirect and had to start working on it through Zoom. Like I was doing Zoom comedy shows, which are the worst thing on Yo, the planet. Yo, dead for ass. Somebody like I me. hate it. <laughs> It's the worst. because
2: yeah, you need that. You need people's energy. Like you feed off people's energy, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, any any live performer. And so then I had to redirect, and I wanted to talk about some things. We started dealing with a lot of racial strife during the pandemic. A lot of stuff that had been here forever. You know, like when we talk about uh, inequities. We know that that's been here for a long time, and Black people and and are like, oh, really, y'all, y'all now, now everybody's surprised. This has been happening forever, and now everybody else is like. So I was like, I want to talk about it. I want to talk. I want to be confrontational. I want to talk to all the woke people. I want to talk to the racists. I want to talk to my people, Latinos, Latinx, and so I decided to go in. And that's why it's called fighting. Oh no, you
2: went in. You always go in, okay? (laughs) Um, And then I'll ask you this, también, because I don't know, a lot of people me preguntan, how does it feel to be the first Afro-Latina to do this? Or how does it feel to be the first Afro-Latina to do that? In your case, you were the first Afro-Latina to have a comedy special on HBO. did you even think about it in that way of like, yo estoy representando mi comunidad latina, mi comunidad afro-latina in this process? Or was just the fact that, you know, I'm a woman here making this happen.
3: You know, um, I have decided to, uh, I have made some changes in my identity, not in my, my identity, but in the way that I speak about my identity and being Afro-Indigenous and knowing how I identify. Because what happened was that I mí siempre me han decidido que yo soy negra. Yo me crié en Miami. And I, y tú sabes que racist Cubans that are always pointing out that my lips weren't thin. Y que yo tengo de negra, que soy, uh, uh, what is it, ordinaria, like all that bullshit. But um, that was the very reason why I said I want to show people in the Dominican Republic and all of all of their beauty. Right. Because the, the reality of it is, is that life for me and you have been has been very different. And for me to say that my journey has been the same as yours is being uh, disingenuous, because we all know that the lighter you are, the more privilege you have in this country and in others. So I wanted to make sure that I was respectful to my darker skin Afro Latinos by claiming my indigenous roots and saying, I know that I, I present differently. But I wanted to be honest about our people. And so I wanted to show the Dominican Republic in a way that I'm tired of people showing little children begging for money when they show the Dominican Republic. Yeah, or
2: everything is Punta Cana, right? I mean, there's so much beauty in our country.
3: All over it. And so because I'm new to the Dominican Republic, it was part of my my new experience in meeting my father. Yo tengo hermanas que son negra, negra. Tengo una hermanas que, hermana que son más clara que yo. And I was like, I wanted people to see us in our fullness. And if I'm going to show that, then I'm going to talk about the reality of what we do to each other. Because we like to act like we don't do that. We're like, yeah. no, no, no. Especially Puerto Ricans, I love to say that. Oh, Puerto Ricans don't do that. Right, please. Yes, Puerto Ricans do.
2: Lo hace todo Exactly. That is true. That is true. Do you... It, when you were here in Miami... Um, or rather better, growing up in Miami, do you feel that you were connected more with the uh, with the black community or do you feel that you were more involved in the Latino community? Which one so were you influenced by? I, I guess that would be the question. The black
3: the black American community is the one that has always embraced me, even in comedy. Like even in my journey, Latinos came to it, Latinx, Latin A, they came to it later. Um the black community, American community has always embraced me, especially in Miami, which is why I left, because I didn't want to raise my kids in that city hearing those pelo malo, pelo bueno, que, ne- que linda para ser negra. Like, I didn't want my daughter to ever hear that craziness, though I couldn't shield her from it. Uh, California has its own brand of racism. I was so traumatized by it that I didn't want my kids to experience any of it. So I left. <laughs>
2: because, you know, shout out to everybody from Miami, 305, gang, gang, gang. Shout out to Hialeah, Brown Sub, all that good stuff. Alapada, Yauta yeah, de sabing. Anywho. Yeah. Um,
3: That's where I'm from, Alapada. Really?
2: Oh, nice. Yeah, my
3: TV show that I'm writing is about, is, is set in Alapada.
2: Ay, diomia. Well, then you must have a lot to say from Alapada, because it's a humcho Um, You know that, for the most part, I feel that the entertainment industry is predominated by men, and there's... Always o- only, but so much that you can say. I feel that men sometimes can get away with saying more things than women can. I feel like all eyes are on you the moment that you say something like, Oh, no, she didn't, right? But did you ever feel uh, a little bit como un poquito nervioso, asustado, like, Oh my God, I don't know if I should really, um, you know, como que meter el pie en la boca, if I start talking about. Um, tackling like white supremacy and and racism and and all the things that happened in our culture on your show. Was that something that you kind of felt like this could be like a cancel culture moment where they can destroy me? Either this is going to destroy me or this is really going to build, you know, the show.
3: Yeah, it's happened to me before. Um, You know, I was on a panel with a, a, a dark skinned black Afro Latina and there was an issue with her and another person on the panel. And then They attacked me for not saying anything. But when I said something, then they attacked me for speaking on behalf of dark skin black people. And I was like, I can't win for losing. And that taught me something very valuable. It taught me, speak your truth and don't worry about what they say, because they have something to say regardless. And a lot of the times, la gente que están hablando son envidiosos. They don't really care about the cause. Ellos son, quítate tú pa ponerme yo. And that's really what it is. So I just... When I feel those moments that I feel in my like nervous or scared, I have to evaluate why, and it's usually because I'm about to tell my truth. There you go, and it scares the truth is scary to everybody, and that's when I have to say, do it, and don't worry about the consequences. Just do it, and that's that's been my last five years in comedy. Is like, I'm gonna tell it. I'm gonna tell it.
2: How it is. But uh, I'm not going to lie because um, I also have this other show called Don't Cancel Me. And we talk about those things about how I somewhat feel that we're in a very sensitive era where you can't express yourself without people automatically. Yeah, oh, everybody, yeah, she said the worst thing. And now I'm emotionally hurt for the rest of my life. I do understand how, yes, you need, you need to be held accountable for the things that you say. I get that part. I get that some people do say things that you know, do deserve to get canceled. I get that part. But then también is like, some of the things that you say, whether you want to admit it or not, whether it's sensitive to you or not, is the truth. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, we all see it. It's in our faces, but nobody wants to talk about it. So when a person like you has the boss, los cojones, to get up on stage con un micrófono or get on a, you know, on a big platform and you express it, it's like everybody is like scared for you. Like, oh my god, is she really going to say that or did she really say it and you don't know if to awkwardly laugh like, ha haha, ha, ha, that was part of comedy" or like, "No, she really she really just said that." Like that was some real ha, ha, Have you ever regretted saying something? Como que, "Damn, that was maybe too deep."
3: What I what I do is I I I don't lose the lesson because whatever I did in that moment, regardless if it was it turns out good or bad, there was a reason for why I said it. And maybe the reason was for me to learn a lesson. And so I stand by what I say. And I've said some problematic things. I'm I'm still learning. Have you ever you taken know, it not, back?
2: Like, you haven't been like, okay, I thought it was funny. But after I thought about it, okay, maybe it wasn't that funny.
3: Uh, no, what I did is just eliminate the joke and just say, I'm not going to say that again. But I did have a conversation with two trans women on my podcast who said that one of my jokes was problematic. And we had a conversation about it. And I and then I understood why they felt that the joke was problematic. And I was like, I can write another joke. I don't have to tell the joke. If, if if I'm hurting a lot of people, then maybe the problem is me. But if it's one person that's mad because their father left them and they got an issue with a joke I made about my father, there's nothing I can do about that. That's your personal healing, baby. I ain't got nothing to do and with that. And you know
2: that. what? That's something to extremely be um, to respect. You know what I'm saying? The fact that... You know, if for any or why reason I fucked up, right? Or I may had made a joke that was rude, disrespectful, or hurtful, or something. Just the fact that um, your your ego as your ego hasn't gotten you know tan grande que tú te mantienes humilde, and you can say, "Bueno, I'm sorry." If that did offend someone, I'm willing to. Change it. I'm I'm willing to, cause I don't want to hurt a fan base. I don't want to hurt my audience, cause you guys do support me. So I definitely admire the fact that you're willing to like, you know, press reset on those things. Now I do know that you reconnected with your father on the special, ah, oh, and everybody that's heard my show, they know how I feel about my, about my father and how I reconnected with him and all the shit that I went with, you know, went through with mines. But we we'll, we're gonna get to that later. But how was that experience for you to to be able to reconnect with him, you know, um after after so long?
3: I'm still processing it. It was it was um first of all, I was happy that it happened because I always wanted to be see him and touch him and hear his voice and hear in person. I wanted to meet my siblings that I didn't know existed and uh, also, uh, for my own personal healing, needed to take that journey because uh, whether, you know, that we romanticize this whole thing. Oh, you know, you meet your father. It's, you're going to live happily ever after. That may not be the case. I may never see him again. We may never talk again. But that moment was very special to me. And I wanted to show people who were in that same situation that it's OK. Um, you know, you do it for your healing. You do it for your personal healing.
2: It's yeah, see. That's true, but I love him. Yeah, but um, who? First of all, who made this connection happen? Did you reach out? Did he reach out? How did this happen?
3: So they found me on Facebook. My my sisters found me on Facebook some years ago. He actually, my grandmother went to the Dominican Republic before she died. Que Dios me la tenga la she went y me lo fue a buscar because I always used to tell my grandmother when I was little, I want to meet my father, I want to be with my father, I want to see my father. So every year she would tell us she was going to Puerto Rico and she was going to the Dominican Republic and looking for him. And ella le dejó una nota en la zona colonial donde nosotros vivíamos cuando yo era chiquita con una gente and they gave it to him. And that is how we actually reconnected. Um, he called me and then we we touched base, but it wasn't real. And then my sisters reached out to me on social media and said, hey, even if you don't want anything to do with him, we want to be involved. We want to know you. And that's where it, how it happened. When you but it saw was my grandmother. When
2: you saw him, did you feel como que, que se, yo was there a spark, a connection, a thing? Or did you see him? You're like, oh my God, it looked like you. Or I can see how... There's certain characteristics about you that resemble, like, did you feel anything or was it just like, you know, like meeting a new person, like, hey, you know, what's up?
3: No, it, it was, I was, I mean, people People commented on the face that I made when he walked into the room, but it wasn't, it was a, uh, yes, man, I, this, I look like this man, look at me. Um, also, I, I don't know what to do. Like, do I hug him? Do I, I told him to hug me because he was scared to hug me. And then it was just a very strange, uh, but when I felt when I, of course, there was a connection and I felt, I felt something that I felt in that moment that I learned, I I learned, I had a flashback of like my situations in life and the way that I have, I interact with men. And that very moment I was like, oh, this is why, because he wasn't there, you know?
4: So it was, it was deep though. You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com/slash-with-amex.
0: Snag a job is where America goes to hire, with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over six million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand. Tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position
1: Any disease.
2: So let me tell you a little bit about my father. My father uh, left me when I was like almost two years old with my mom, knowing that. Well, in my case, my mom crossed the Mexican border to get to the United States and went through that whole journey. I heard like a llegan en yola. You know, everybody comes in differently, but uh, mommy had to take that route, get to Miami after going to Panama, Texas. She did a whole una travesia just to get to Miami, has me there, Um, and like I said, my father left, he went to Puerto Rico, he got, se encontró una mujer allá, le crió tres muchachos, los llevó los tres a la universidad, and me, that was his daughter, he never had money to give me, to support me, nothing. Um, Years later, obviously, he sees me in Don Francisco, realizes that I resemble, and he's like, oh, isn't that Blase Blase's daughter? Oh yeah, that's my daughter. So... He came around here and there a few calls back then, disappeared again, and then basically came back around the fame. So it was kind of hurtful because I always felt like I don't think that men and and I and I and I'm speaking very from my heart right now because I'm, you know, you know, in a process of obviously now being a mother, but I don't think that men really understand the importance of a father figure in a in a in a girl's life. The um, La necesidad que una vez se siente. Because it might not be all the time. You Sometimes you might even forget that he exists. It's like, whatever. But there'll be certain moments that you're like, damn, I wish that I had a father figure here. I wish that I had that protection. I wish that I had that hug. I wish that I... Tantas cosas that I don't feel that as men, they understand. Thank God, um, in my case, and I'm sure yours as well, we were blessed with amazing women. You know, our mothers that se sacrificaron but it's very hard. And I know that once you reconnect with this person, because it happened to me, when I saw him again, in my mind, it is true. I had like this fairy tale of like, I'm going to see my father. He's going to hug me. He's going to be like, I missed you. <laughs> yeah. And mija, it wasn't like that at all. It was just like, you know, Hey, what's up? You know what I'm saying? What's up? You know, it's me. Hey, ¿cómo tú estás? Todo bien. was so dry and like a little bit awkward. I don't know, maybe you know, se hace fantasías y ilusiones in your mind of I, how you want it to be. But how has how has it been after meeting him? Like, you know, it was
3: t- tough because you know, you you, you you guys still talk? We we communicate via text. Um I haven't talked to him in a while. Something happened after the meeting. Um, and he he went off on me, and that just me panto, you know, like because eh, of course you start questioning why, you know, what do you want? Like, if, do you want something? Like, I can't be your savior in this moment because I've had some success. I struggled a lot to get what I where I, where I am in life, and you know, I don't feel like I owe you anything. And so, just because I grew up in the United States and there are different opportunities here. I still struggled in the United States. I went through hell. So I don't I just was like just I I had to take some space and they didn't they, he couldn't understand that I needed a moment because it was a lot. And I went straight to Puerto Rico from the Dominican Republic cuz I was shooting the other part of my documentary and I had to put it on hold. I was like I need to I need to get to work. I need to finish what I'm doing and then I can deal with this later and he was really upset with me. Told me never to call him again, so he agitated the wound, right? And so, then he called me and asked for forgiveness, and so now I, you know, my trust, is, my trust is off with him because it's cuando when when my mom took me from the Dominican Republic and brought me to Miami. He could find me. He was coming to Miami as a performer. He was a musician. He was in Miami performing in different places. He saw my mother one time. No le pregunto por mi. So I was like, you had a, a, opportunities, like, at some You had 40 years, mijo. You have 40 years. 40 whole years. That's four decades. And you, he raised his other children. Like, he raised... You
2: see? And that is so hurtful when you see that yeah. you didn't do it with me, but you were willing to do it for, you know, for your other children. mean Que they're still your siblings, pero como quiera, it duele.
3: Yeah, of course. Of course. And even my siblings are the most understanding people in that. They were like, you know, even they are like, girl, we. I don't know which one was worse. You not having him or us having him. <laughs>
2: like, no, let me ask you this. your, Tu, tu mamá está viva, ¿verdad? Si. Yes. Gloria a Dios, amen. Yes. Besos sí. para tu madre. Gracias, mi amor. When you spoke to your mom about, you know, I'm going to meet him, I'm going to reconnect with him or whatever, my mom has been always very bitter. Ese hijo, you don't got to Like, bien dominicana, you already know. I don't got to tell you how it is. All right. So. But there was a part of me that I felt that when you said it, I felt connected to you because a lot of people don't understand that when you want to go um, meet your father or whatever or reconnect with him somehow, it's a personal healing. It's, it's not about them; it's about you. Like you need to fill in that gap, that that space, that void. And as sometimes it doesn't turn out the way that you want it. But once you do it, you feel better. It's healing. Yeah. How was the, it? Was healing. How was your mom's reaction? Was she supportive? Was she... What did say?
3: The first thing she said was, cuidado. That was, you know, ese, ese te va a sacar la suña, right? Is what she said. Pero, y que yo... Mi mamá no es... She doesn't have pelo en la lengua, right? So, I get on a phone call. My mother matters to me more than anything. So, I needed her to be okay with it, right? I respect her that way. So... When his mother died, he wanted me to go to the DR to the funeral. Y esa señora me trató a mí y a mi mamá muy mal. So I, I called my mother on the three-way call with him and I said, "Look, I have him on the line. First of all, she won't let me call him his my father. She goes, "I would say my father" and she would say "Máximo." And then um he was like, "My mother, my mom is sick. They uh, she's got a um she's going to die and she wants to see Aidita is what they call me. Or Cookie is what he calls me. And my mom was like, absolutely not. And he goes, Margarita, ah, le cortaron las piernas mi mamá. and mi mamá le dijo, lo que tenían que cortarle era la cabeza.
2: So, Ay, Dios mío.
3: So you talk about bitter? and So in that moment, I was like, I'm not going to just funeral. Yeah, but because- to mama,
2: Brutal. I know we need to talk to her. <laughs> que fuerte. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ni, ni tuvieran her, her last breath. No, que le corte la cabeza. Screw that.
3: Yeah, she said wow. she was really, really bad to us. And you know, when I went to the DR for the documentary, I, I, una señora que you see in the documentary that you don't hear them speak. I went to visit them. Y ellos me decían, ay, mira mi cookie. No, no pensaba que me ibas a venir a visitar. Viven en la zona colonial. Me, dec, me dijeron, cuando la señora votaba a tu mamá, te votaba a ti a tu mamá de, tu, de la casa. We would pick you up and we would we would put your mom here. My mom was only a teenager. She was a very young mom. And so they were like, cookie" because you spend so much time with us because every time they threw you out, you guys would come here. So
2: I think my mom wasn't lying.
1: You know, I'll tell
2: you this. La vida da muchas vueltas. And hay un dicho que dice que uno puede escupir para arriba because then it falls in your face. Yep. Um, you 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 know sometimes we may do things in our youth. We may do things when we are in our highest moment, thinking like you know karma really doesn't exist. And I don't want to necessarily just mention karma, but you have to you have to pay attention to your actions and the things that you say and the things that you do because you don't know what the future holds. Y tristemente, unfortunately, because you know regardless, um, she passed away. We don't really know. Um, in her heart, if she if she actually really, truly felt bad for the way that she treated your mom. And she wanted those those last words, pero based off her actions, mira lo, mira lo que terminó pasando, that your mom didn't even let her uh, finish her last wish. But I'll ask you this, talking about strong, powerful women, I love my mother. I admire her extremely to the core of me. Um, I see the way that you speak about yours. Que Dios te la bendiga. Gracias, igualmente. I mean, what are other women that inspire you, that motivate you, that you feel like, um, I grew up watching this person or this person really influenced me. I ver, más dime.
3: So I, I have to start with my abuela. My abuela, my grandmother was the strongest woman I know, the name, the woman I'm named after. Mind you, my other grandmother was named Aida too. So it's very strange. But my grandmother who came from Puerto Rico, she had she raised six kids alone. Uh, she was a, a victim of rape, a victim of violence. And still, she didn't know how to read. And when, if you met this lady, you would never know. She had. She worked. She was a landlady of some buildings. She always had a new car. She, her apartment was cute. And because she was like, ah, Mija, mi yo no soy víctima de nadie. You know, but um, I would say her. But women that I've always admired, you know, it's so funny because... I am I have been so influenced by the women in my life. I've never really idolized celebrities like that, outside of like I love Muhammad Ali. And when I think about strong women growing up, I think about La Novela que yo, the ones that I watch. You
2: yeah. Know,
3: it's funny because I would I would I would always try to sympathize con La Mala, right? Like I would be like, La gente no son mala for no reason. What what why yes. is this one? But I always respect people que no se dejan joder, right? Así mismo, no se dejan
2: pisotear.
3: No se dejan pisotear. So it's funny because I used to watch a lot of novelas. Pero te enseño la la heroemia que la tengo acá atrás. Tengo a Celia, because Celia is like Ah! my epitome.
2: Yes.
3: Doña Florinda, because I used to watch El Chavo, and I used to think she was funny. And Iris Chacón. Like
2: Iri Chacon for sure, my love. Before Mira there Iri. was J
3: Lo and Kim Kardashian with the ass, tell the truth. it's was okay. the, the ass of all asses.
2: <laughs> period, period, Mira. Personalidad, carisma. Um really talking about paving the way. Iri Chacon definitely was one of them. Um La because Lupe. she La Lupe. La Lupe was another one. Personalidad, talento, I mean, just everything. And the fact that I love the fact that you know we think the times are hard now, but times were even worse and different in the entertainment industry back then. And they were still willing to be themselves, be outspoken, be controversial, be all those things back then. So I definitely always said we have to pave the. I mean, uh, give our respects to those that paved the way for for Celia Cruz for sure. Mira, este mes. Cause women's um history month, there's gonna be so many Latinas that we're gonna be, you know, um, talking about and and we're gonna see them all over the place. I'm glad that you said uh Celia Cruz, and I, I feel like who doesn't know who Celia Cruz is at this point? Uh, Silvia Rivera as a trans woman también. I mean, there's just so many people that we can really talk about. I, I feel like I need a show just to go over the list. Pepita of <laughs> but all the amazing
3: women. but I'll tell you that one thing, even though I raised I was raised with my Puerto Rican family. I love that my mother gave me uh, Mili y Mili uh, Quesada Mili yes. y me dio las chicas del can. Like, because las chicas del can. Está <laughs> pillado, pillado, Like I, and every New Year's we celebrated listening to Mili. So I think that my mother and my mother tried to give me the best of the Dominican Republic in her way, because she, even though they, I was around all the Puerto Ricans all the time, I grew up listening to the music, eating the food. My favorite food is Dominican food, like el desayuno dominicano, like that's, that's breakfast for me. So I, I'm thankful for her for that, that in her own ways, regardless of how bitter she was with my father, she wanted me to love that part of myself and she gave me some amazing women. I, I mean, Mili Quesada is la tía de un amigo mío. And I was like, I I adore that woman. Like, I think she is one of... Yo la vi un video viejo con Hector Lavoe, Johnny Ventura, ella es la única mujer ahí. And I was like, yo, do you know how hard it is to do that as a comedian? When I'm on a stage and all these men are on there, we, do, we go in, because I did All Star, Shaq All Star, and this D-Ray Davis is Michael Blackson, all of these big time men and me, it's hard to hold your own with all of that masculine, sexist energy. Talk about it, you no? Know? Yeah. And so when I saw her, I was like, "Yo, that's a boss."
2: Okay, I love the fact that we are able at uh, we're we're able to look you know back somewhat into the women that inspired us, the women that motivated us, whether they were the ones um, that surrounded us, right? Like our mother, our grandmothers, and, and our aunts and all of Eh, también otras mujeres que nos in, our, in our artistic, at least in, in my case, artistically, um, I admire a lot of these women. So I think it's a blessing to be able to celebrate. It sucks that it's just one month, like I always say, because we could still do it all year round, but at least we're dedicating this time to recognizing all the hard work and the way that they changed the world in many aspects. Um, I pray that one day, one day... Tristemente, when we're no longer here, people can still sit down and say, oh my God, you know, um, which is my dream. One day, you know, when when I was younger, I used to hear about or see Amara La Negra or Aida Rodriguez, and they really inspired me to be the woman that I am today. And that's what really matters at the end of the day. Yes, we have this big platform. Yes, you know, people see us. We have followers. We have all these things. We're on TV. We do all these. That's fine. But... How, are we, how can we be impactful to the people looking up to us? How are we really going to make a difference through your comedy, through my music, through my activism, through everything else that we do? So with that being said, Mirena, it's been an honor, a pleasure to be able to have you on Exactly Amara today. I am so grateful for you and all Same. the things that you're doing for us.
3: Same. And listen, let me just point out something about you. You came out the gate being exactly who you are. And that was revolutionary because there was a Ah, time when a lot of people would not call themselves negro because they allowed the stigma that's been given to black people, which is so false and the opposite Mm -hmm. of what blackness really is. And you came out Amada La Negra. And I just want to celebrate you because you don't understand the impact that you've had on young women and young boys and young trans people who are black and Latino and seeing somebody so successful, so beautiful, so talented saying, it's okay to be black. And that, that is something that should be celebrated. So
2: I'm Amen. grateful for you. Amen. Tambella. Thank you so much. Guys, you already know fighting words on HBO Max. Go check it out right now. By the way, give your social media platform so people can go follow you.
3: Yeah, I suck at that. But you call me, I'm my funny Aida, A-I-D-A, on Twitter and um and on Instagram and on Facebook, Aida.Roberiguez.
2: Bueno, ya ustedes lo saben. Thank you everyone for joining me and remember to follow Exactly Amara and My Cultura Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter. You can also watch us on the YouTube channel. Just go to the search bar, right? Exactly Amara or Amara La Negra and you'll find all the episodes right in there. You can just binge watch and enjoy. And remember that this has been a production of iHeartRadio's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeart, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This has been Exactly mod
4: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. It's up, it's up. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit RightRug.com.